This is Gemara and Ksubis, Adav Tzadivov. We begin a new parak of Daf together. Today's shir, which is for the first day of Yontif, Tesvav Tishrei, has been generously sponsored as an incredible schos Elias Neshama for Nacham Ben Mordechai. Yemir Hashem, the learning of the entire Chabura should bring Nacham Ben Mordechai to a higher, higher in place in Ganidon Shamayla, closer to the Kisei HaKavod. And we pick it up on the bottom of Sadi. Hey, Amid Beis, at the Mishnah, as we begin the new parak. Almana nizaynez minichzi yisaymin. And Almana, a woman who lost her husband, is supported from where? From the properties of Yisaymin. And in exchange for the fact that she's supported from their properties. Maisi Yodel Shalem, as we've learned many times. Maisi Yodel, her earnings are given in exchange for the fact that she gets support. She gets basic necessities or food, etc. So says the Mishnah, the Yisayimim are giving her support. So her earnings go to them. But the Mishnah continues, They are not obligated to bury her, which usually a husband has dual obligations, both to support and bury his wife. Here the Yisayimim do not have that obligation to bury their uh, mother. Yarshel, Yarshik, Subasa, Chayavim, Bikfurasa. Her Yarshim, those who inherit the Ksuba, are obligated to bury her. So the Mishnah is teaching us that there's an exchange of money, of support, Nizainis, for Maisi Yodel, but there is no obligation for Kfura, and rather, her inheritors have the obligation to, to bury her. So Ibailu begins the Gemara, Nizainis Tanan, here we see the critical importance of each and every letter. How do you learn the Mishnah? Does the Mishnah mean Nizainis? That it's a din, a widow, and Almana is supported from the estate of the assignment. And then her earnings go to them. Meaning it's absolute, it's a law, it applies in all cases. Or does the Mishnah mean in a scenario that a woman is supported by the assignment, then her earnings go to them. The obvious difference being that it's not absolute. It does not have to be in every scenario. It's only if they choose to support her, do her earnings go to them. And just to point out, before you can see the Gemara's answer, Tesis right away, the first Tesis on the Barak points out that there should not be a vav before the word Maisi Yodel. Because if there was a vav, then there would be no question. Because then it would be clear that the Mishnah would be telling you a din of Nizaynis, that it's all the same din. So the way that we have the Mishnah without the vav is correct. And says the Gemara, is the Mishnah absolute in all scenarios? Or do you say them have the right to choose whether they want to support her and thereby receive her earnings? Says the Gemara Tanan, excuse me, Uka'anche Galil. This is the second half of the coin. Is it, one more time, Ibailu, Nizainis Tanan or Anizainis Tanan? Nizainis Tanan, is it Nizainis, that is absolute, Uka'anche Galil? And it's like the people in Galil, Vlosagi Dela Yavla, and the Yusayimim are not able to choose to not give to her. And Rashi points out that what does that do to Anche Galil? This is that they would write that the Yusayimim are obligated to support her. And therefore, her earnings go to them. 
Or do you learn that it's when the Yisayimim choose to support her? And it's like the people of Yehuda that they would write in the Ksuba that if the Yarshim would want to support, but therefore it's only if they choose to do so. So a fundamental Shailah, how do you learn the Mishnah? And the repercussions are, is that there an absolute obligation on the Yisayimim to support the Almana and thereby receive her earnings or not? Says the Gemara, Tashima on the top of Sadivavam Ralev, Amarav Zira, Marshmo Matsiyas, Almanalatsma, the Mitsiyah. If an Almana finds something, that which she finds, she keeps. It goes to herself. So says the Gemara, I am Rabbi Shapir. If you learn the Mishnah of Hani Zainis, that is not in all scenarios, then it makes sense that in a scenario that she's not being supported, in such a scenario, she gets to keep her findings. But if it's every scenario, the Yisayim are obligated to support her, and she's obligated to give them whatever she has, then it should be that the Yisayim come in place of her husband. And and just like when it comes to her husband, that was a woman finds, goes to her husband, should be the same case. From the Brisa that teaches us that, the Mitziah, that which an Almana finds, she keeps seemingly is a clear proof that the way to read the Mishnah is ha nizaynes. That the way to read the Mishnah is that it is optional, like the Anshe Yehuda says. The Gemara no raya. Really, I'll tell you that the Mishnah is absolute, like the Anshe Galil. But what was the whole reason that they made the Taikana? That that which a woman finds goes to her husband. The reason is that we don't want there to be resentment. What's the resentment? We don't want that a husband should feel, my, my wife finds a diamond ring and I don't get anything to do with it. I sit here and I support her day in and day out and she doesn't give me her findings. But that's specifically, then by a husband. Honey, by the Yarshim, to Eva. Says the Gemara, when it comes to the Yarshim, what's the big deal? If there is some Eva, of course, we never like fighting. There's no fundamental issue. There's no marriage at stake. And therefore, that would not be a reason to make the Takana of the Messiah going to the Yarshim. And therefore, there's no Raya from this Braisa. So we don't have a Raya. Which way to read the Mishnah? Amr Rav Yisrael Chanina says of Yisrael Chanina, As basically a first cousin to the Mishnah, we continue with the discussion of what does the Almana have to do to the Yarshim? Says of Yisrael Chanina, whatever of Malach that a woman had to do with her husband, the Almana does to the Yarshim Chotz, except, which we know these as the Malachis of Chiba, as Rashi points out, which we've seen already, that these are the things that a woman is not allowed to do to her husband. She's not allowed to pour him a drink, make his bed, or wash his hands, legs, and face. Because these are the um, things that bring chiba, that bring love and endearment between people. So these entities, the Almana does not have to do to the Yarshim. And similarly, any malacha that a servant does for his master, Talmud Rabbi, a Talmud a student does for his Rabbi, except for the Talmud does not have the obligation to untie his Rabbi's shoes. And the reason is, Rashi points out, because people who would see would think that this Talmud is an avid, a servant, that's why he's untying his rabbi's shoes. Amar Rava, but Rava qualifies and says, Lo'ya Maran, 
the Talmud doesn't untie the Rebbe's shoes, Ella b'makim she'in ma'kirin ha'isai, only when they're in a place that they don't necessarily know him. And therefore, in such a scenario, there's a concern that people are going to think that he's in heaven. In a place that people know, this is the student of this Rebbe, there is no problem with untying the Rebbe's shoes. And Amr Avashi furthermore explains, even in a place where they don't know this person, this is only in a scenario where people do not, where, excuse me, where the Talmud is not wearing tefillin. But if the Talmud is wearing tefillin, there's no problem with him untying the Rebbe's shoes. Why not? Because an Evid is not wearing tefillin. And the mere fact that he's wearing tefillin is, shows everyone that he's not an Evid. And continuing on a similar vein, Amr Avchia Bar Abba, where eight lines on the wide lines, first word of line is Bar Abba. Amr Avyechran, Kolamaneya, Talmidei Melosham Shai, Kilomaneya, Mimenu Chesed. A Rebbe should not stop his Talmud from serving him. Anytime a Rebbe prevents his Talmud from serving him, is as if he's withholding kindness from the Talmud. Shnemar, the Pasik says, Lamas Mareyu Chesed. Says the Pasik, you withhold kindness from your friend. You remove Yerushamayim from the Talmud if you don't let him serve you. Shnemar, the Yeras Shakai Ya'azoiv, and the fear. And he abandons the fear of Hashem. So we see the importance of the Talmud serving the Rebbe, the Rebbe allowing the Talmud to serve him anything that would not cause him to question the lineage of the Talmud, like untying the Rebbe issues. And moving back to the topic of our Mishnah, of the widow and the Yarshim, three lines from the wide lines. Amar If an Amar went and grabbed Metaltalin, grabbed movable items for her support, that which she grabbed, she's allowed to keep. And we do not remove from her, as Rashi points out, we do not remove from her that which she took. And Rashi continues and explains, even though we baskin, that really the Amana does not get supported from movable items and only from Karka, but if she grabbed it, then she has the right to keep it. And continues the Gemara on the last narrow line, that which he grabs, she keeps. Says Rav Dimi, there's a story with this daughter-in-law, she grabbed a sack full of money, and they didn't take it away from her. Reaffirming and proving the din that we just said, that even though she's not really supposed to take Metaltalin, if she does, she keeps it. Continues the Gemara, three lines into the white lines. Amr Avina. This din, that that which she took, she keeps, is only when it comes to support of Aleksuba. But if she grabbed Metaltalin in payment of her Aleksuba, then Mavkinamina, we do indeed. Take it away from her. With regard to the Ksuba, she's not allowed even Bidiyeved to take Metaltalin. So says the Gemara Maskalamar Baravashi on the fourth white line. What's the reason? It's because it didn't buy Ksuba. Is that she only gets paid from land and not from movable items? As we already pointed out from Rashi. Now the Gemara hones in on this detail. That really, for Mizayna, it's for support, it's the same din. That's the only you're supposed to get from Karka. And now Metaltalin. El Mizayna, my Rather, the truth is, the Gemara suggests, that it's true. Really, she only gets L'Chatchila from, from Mikarka. 
even for Mizaynus. But if she grabbed, then she let her keep it. So says the Gemara, the same din should be by the Ksuba. That when she grabs, she keeps. Why is there any difference in Ksuba and the Mizaynus and support? This is what they indeed said in the name of Rava. Like you said, that the same din is by Mizaynus, the same din is by Ksuba. That all, both of them are from Karka and and both of them are Lechatchila, you do not get, but Bidyeved, you're allowed to take. Continues the Gemara, five lines from the bottom of the Amid, Amr Aviyechna Meshvedir Aviyesi Ben Zimra, Almana Sheshasa Shtema Shtaim Bishol Shanam Beloti Bayim Mesainis. And Almana, her husband dies, and she waits two or three years and does not claim any support. Ibda Mesainis. That's it. She loses her right to claim support. She can't come five years later and say, hey, what's going on? I need to be supported. If she did not say anything for two or three years, she's up the creek. Ask the Gemara, the obvious kasha, ashtas ta'im ibdashalsh mibai. What? She loses it after two years. What's the third year? Explains the Gemara, with three lines from the bottom, like kasha. Kan bani ashira. When it comes to nani, that is two years. When it comes to an ashir, she is able to, with, to stand longer, she has more money, and therefore it is Three years. Inami kambe pruta kambe tznua. Says the Gemara, another differentiation. One is by a tznua. She's more of a refined girl. And therefore, we only give her two years. Therefore, if she waits two years, it's not a mechila. Whereas if she is a pruta, she's more outgoing, then we give her longer to come to Bezdin and collect her mezaynes. Amar Rava says Rava, two lines from the bottom, and Lamar Nelam Afreya, Avlaba Yeshla, says Rava, one second. This whole discussion that she doesn't get her Mizaynais, and I said she's up the creek, that's only if she wants back pay. That's only if she comes along and says, hey, hello, I want support for the last two, three, five years. But if she's showing up now, she's saying, I want to be supported in the future, of course, she has that right, as does every Almana. So, Bai Rav Yechran says the Gemara of Yechran asked the following Shaila on the last line of Sadibaba Mirav. A fundamental Shaila, we always have to know upon whom is the burden of proof. So, I asked Rav Yechran if we have Yesaimim and the Yesaimim claim they paid her, we gave her money for the support. And she says, I don't know what you're talking about. I did not get anything. Who is the one? Who has the burden of proof? We turn over to Sadivavam Mebeis, says the Gemara, Nechsi Bechesis Yasmi Kaimi, Valamana Lavi Raya. Do we say that the properties are in the possession of the Yasin? And therefore, who is the one being Maitzi? Who is the one that's taking away? Therefore, the woman is the one that's taking away. Therefore, she has to bring the Raya. Or maybe no, the Nechasim are really in the possession of the Almana. And therefore, the Yisayimim have to bring the Raya. So who is the one that is the burden of proof? Says the Gemara, three lines down, says the Baba Mabeis, Tashema, Titani Levi, Almana calls Manchla, and this is Ali Yisayimim, Lahavi Raya. Before she gets remarried, then we consider that the property is in her possession, and, there, and then the Yisayimim have to bring the proof that they already paid her. Misses when she gets married, then Allah Lavi Raya, then she has to be the one to bring the proof. And Rashi points out in the first narrow line why? Because once she gets married, the properties are no longer considered to be in her rishos. Amar, I've seen me by Rashi. This is not such a simple point. You said it has to do with the fact whether she's married or not. It says if she me by Rashi. 
Kitanoi. In truth, this is a machloikes tanoi. Says the Bryce, Mecharis v'keseves ilu mezaynais b'charti v'ilik suva macharti. A widow in Almana has let her sell the state v'keseves, and she has the right. Elu this sale is the mezayni macharti. I'm selling for my support. Elu and this sale liksuva macharti. Devri Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yisi Aimer, Mecharis v'keseves tam. She could just sell it. She does not have to write for what she is selling it. V'chein kacha yafa. And indeed, and in this way, says Rabbi Yaisi, by not specifying what she's selling it for, she has a great kayach, a great strength. So says the Gemara, how does this have to do with who has the chazaka and who has to bring the proof? Explains the Gemara, my love, welcome, if we love you, the Damar by Lefrushe, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that she has to articulate and spell out in the document for what she's selling the property, Savar Nechsei, Bechazkez Yasmi Kaim, Rabbi Yehuda holds in a chasim, are in the possession of the assignment. And therefore, therefore the Amman is one that has to be in the proof. Rabbi Yaisi argues, and he says, no. Says Rabbi Yaisi, you don't have to spell out why you're selling it. Why? Because she, the Amman who's selling this piece of land, is assumed to have the property in her possession. And therefore, so suggest the Gemara that this machleik is Rabbi Yisim Rabbi Yehuda whether if an Amana is selling property she has to articulate and speak out, speak out why she is selling something seemingly this is the machleik as whether it's the Nechassim are considered to be in her Rishos or in the Yisimim's Rishos. Says the Gemara, slow down. Mimai, how do you know that this machleik is Rabbi Yisim Rabbi Yehuda is indeed a machleik as whether the possession property is in her or the Yisayimim's Rishos. Tell him what the Kuliyam and the Chizim Chazgah Manikayim. Says the Gemara, really, I'll tell you, everyone agrees that the property is in her Rishos. While Yisayim love Iraya, and therefore the Yisayimim are always the one to bring the proof. For Rabbi Yehuda, so why does Rabbi Yehuda say that she should spell out, she should articulate exactly why she is selling the item? If it's considered that the property is in her Rishos, why does she have to say, I'm selling this for my Mazayim, I'm selling this for my Ksuba? And you know why? It's an Eitzah. We're giving you good advice, says Rabbi Yehuda. We don't want people to call her a this woman, a woman that's eating so much. And look at Rashi at the end of the narrow line. Rashi says, someone who sees that she's selling all the lands are going to think that she's selling it all for food. And they're going to think, what in the world is this woman eating so much money for food? And therefore, Rabbi Yehuda is giving you an Eitzah. Why? It will look good in the eyes of people, but not necessarily because the property is considered to be in her possession. He says, the Gemara, if you're not going to say this, if you're not going to say that, indeed, the Machleks of Rabbi Yehuda is not this point, then Rabbi Yehuda's Shiloh, whether the assignment, whether the Amana brings the proof, really could have been answered up from the Mishnah. What does the Mishnah say? This is the next Mishnah. This is the Mishnah on tomorrow's Daphne, I'm at base. Says the Mishnah, she's had a cell for Mezaynais, Shaloi Bebezdin, without asking Bezdin. Viksuba, Vikhaiseves. And what does she write? Ilu Mezaynais Bechayati. She doesn't need a Bezdin. She sells it and she writes, I'm selling this for my Mezaynais. So says the Gemara, if it's approved by what she wrote, 
we would have a raya from the Mishnah, the Mishnah seemingly teaching us that she should write why she's selling a limousinist, similar to Rabbi Yehuda. And then the Mishnah would seemingly be a proof that the property is becheskas of the assignment. So what are you going to have to answer me? You're going to have to tell me that the Mishnah is not a raya. Why not? Here too also, so says the Gemara, it must be that we don't really have a raya from the Mishnah. And if we don't have a raya from the Mishnah, we also do not have a raya from Rabbi Yehuda as to whether the Nechassim were considered in her possession or in the assignment. Inami, says the Gemara, I'll give you another reason why the Machlekes of Yisrael of Yehuda is not necessarily our Machlekes. The Kuli Yamanech said, Because it's Yasmi, Kaimi, really, because everyone agrees that their properties are considered to be in the possession of the Yasm. Final time with the Rabbi Yasi. And why did Rabbi Yasi say that she does not have to articulate while she's selling it? Kedabayo Kashisha. So Rabbi Yasi holds, like Abayi Kashisha, Damar Abayi Kashisha, Mashal Rabbi Yasi, Lamadar Vadaima. Says Abayi Kashisha, what is Rabbi Yasi's case? That she does not have to speak out why she's selling something comparable to. Someone's on their deathbed and they write, give 200 zoz to a certain person, who I owe money to. And the people, the Yisayimim, the, I shouldn't say the Yisayimim, the person didn't die yet, the potential Yisayimim, potential Yarshim, give away 200 zoz. What's the halacha? The halacha is, the Yisayim is allowed to say, I either took it for my chayv, or I took it as a matana. We turn over for a moment to tomorrow's daft. I've said Yisayin Amin Aleph and explains the Gemara. In b'matana nala lo koyach lo ka lo kach yofe koyichay. Now if the if the balchayif takes it as a matana, the the um, his koyach is not great. Why? Because then he can still collect the chayif. So similarly, Rav Yisai says that it's better to leave it undesignated. It's better to not say why you're giving it away. The reason being, so then you can collect at a later date. And we'll conclude, if you look at this Tav Rashi, Rashi speaks out, that according to Rabbi Yaisi, he's explaining that it's better for them, similar to Nitzit Taiva, to leave it undefined. That's, but really, everyone could agree that the Nechassim or Bechazkas, he asked me of the Yisayimim, I will pick it up tomorrow from Dav Sadizayim, in which we're going to discuss further the Amana selling the property and how she does such.